passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Good evening. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. It's after dark. It's Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper, live at State Farm Center, where Illinois faced its first Big Ten test without Terrence Shannon. And Derek, they passed the flying colors. 96-66 to 66 route. Never trailed in this one. Took a 7-0 lead early. Ty Rogers sparked that. But Marcus Domas took over. Just call him Marcus DeRozan with that mid-range <laughs> game. 32 points, 11-15 from the field. Six assists as well. Uh, then he had Justin Harmon's second straight night where he puts up a season high with 20 points, four of five from three. He's now 7-11 from three over the last two games. And Quincy Garrier, Coleman Hawkins combined for 27 points, 15 rebounds there between those two. Garrier, yet another double-double. Uh, this offense putting a lot of stress on teams the last two games without an All-American guard. So initial thoughts, Derek, on – uh, our first real, real look at what this team looks like without Terrence Shannon Jr. They look legit. No, that was a big-time performance, really impressive. Uh, I'll admit that I did have in my preview Northwestern to score 66. I had Illinois scoring 68, so I, I was way wrong. I thought this was going to be a tough game for Illinois. When you think about the guard play at Northwestern, uh, Boo Booey, Ty Berry as a, as a combo against a bigger lineup in, in Illinois. I wondered if, if they could stay in front well enough with Northwestern's drill penetration and uh, you know the fact that there, there's maybe a, a quickness differential. Uh, but it was the size that won, and it's the matchups that Illinois creates. It's the booty ball. Uh, you know, I don't think Illinois. I don't think uh, Brad Underwood loved what he coined as booty ball last year against Penn State and, and Jalen Pickett. Uh, but he's leaned all the way into it, uh, obviously, especially without Terrence Shannon Jr., uh, with putting the ball in Marcus DeMass' hands, Ty Rogers as well. I, I just I love the fact that Ty is, is showing more aggressiveness. He went at Boo Booey early, uh, and then it was really Marcus that, that got a lot of those matchups later on in the game, and then playing off of it, kicking it around, and uh, being able to hit threes around the, the post-up action. Uh, and Northwestern got burned time after time, sending double teams, which is what they do. They, they post double on everything. Uh, but Illinois had, had great cutting. Uh, Gary A from the wing coming down and just – the ball movement, the effort, and it was a two-sided effort. It was a two-sided performance from Illinois. It wasn't just the offensive end. They locked down defensively, made life tough for, for Bowie for the most part, other than a stretch or two here and there. Ty Berry really it was not towards the end of the game when it was in garbage time that he got a few baskets. Uh, they they forced Northwestern into the shots that they wanted them to take, which was inside the arc. A lot of twos that weren't at the rim and uh, it was just a, a complete all-around effort. We had a number of guys step up. It seemed like everybody that came into the game had at least a moment or two, if not a, a bunch. Obviously, when you're a guy like Marcus DeMass puts up 30-plus, uh, you've had a lot of those. And, and Justin Harmon to step up yet again. So uh, really could not be more impressed I, on one given night uh, in a return of Big Ten play. Uh, that looked like a team that can still make some noise and and maybe even give Purdue a run on Friday. Who knows? I want to talk about that matchup, which I find fascinating, Derek. I want to talk about this booty ball and why it's working so well. I want to talk about this defense that is, that is working uh, pretty well. And Brad Underwood has uh, handprints all over this thing. 
Um, but I, I think we have to acknowledge, like, this team could have been so distracted. Th- this team could have been um, floored the last couple of games. They would have beat Fairleigh Dickinson no matter what. But to come out like they have after what happened uh, last week and what is hanging over this team, like, it's not hanging over this team. Like, this team is still hyper-focused. They're really confident. And they look fantastic. They look as good as they have all season the last two games. Um, now, much bigger tests await. We'll see how good Northwestern is the rest of the season. What are they, 69 in the net or something like the Kempom right now? Um, so are they a tournament team? We'll find out. But that's a decent team that beat the number one team in the country on their court a couple weeks ago. And Illinois just throttled them. Uh, and, and as you said, the way they're able to defend, the way their offense was clicking, Brad Underwood deserves a ton of credit, but these veterans, uh, players, deserve a ton of credit for handling what has been an unprecedented circumstance here. So I, I don't think we can dive into the basketball without acknowledging what they just did. With everyone down, I mean, come out. we got to mention our guy, Steve Greenberg, um, not, not putting them in his APU top 25. Um, Illinois seemed – I know the fans cared, but Illinois showed it, it could still be a, a top 25 team and maybe, you know, live up to their number nine ranking this week, potentially, uh, if they can really compete with Purdue. So I, I am just really impressed with how that locker room, how that group of 20 people, but most importantly, the players and Brad Underwood have handled this and, and been able to play great basketball despite all the potential distraction. Yeah, they might have also watched the Andy Katz video. The power rankings for Illinois got moved down to sixth, one spot below Northwestern, who they beat by 30 uh, tonight. I mean, let, let's be honest, I, very few people probably saw them continue to hit its stride that way, and if not, even turn it up another notch after Terrence being out of the lineup. Like you said, they're going to face tougher teams, but Northwestern like you know, beat Purdue, beat a pretty decent Dayton team early in the season. Yes, they've had some lower moments of – Losing Chicago State and, and played a really ugly game. They they won by ten uh, against DePaul, but uh, yeah, for for just the for them not to to break stride, not to look distracted, not to look uh, emotionally burnt out, and and focus on something else, which obviously it, it would really be understandable if, if they were knowing that they lost their All American candidate, their leader, a day before they played FDU. Like he was in Lawrence having to turn himself in the day before. Uh, they played that game. So uh, it shows, you know, you can say a lot about, you know, coaches and, and players say a lot about their teams, especially before they really hit adversity, you know, how 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 much they like each other, they're this, they're that, and everything. Like that really got put to a test uh, with the, the recent circumstances, and you can't help but, but buy in. I mean, it, it's – Because you can say you can say adversity, Derek. Like this is – this isn't like – Oh, right. You got smacked in the mouth at Rutgers. <laughs> this isn't right. like this is your all American guard for off the court reasons is taken away and you don't know if he's coming back. Like yes. and and his life has changed potentially for like all of that. Like that is so unprecedented that yes. uh, that that kind of adversity to handle it like this um is it just to be commended. And I think, you know, for Illinois fans watching this the last couple of games, like how do you not just buy completely into the same if it's not a final four contender or whatever, but the way they've responded and played and, and played for each other. And Underwood talks about how connected this team's really easy to root for through that. Um, so like, it, it's just, you know, Brad Underwood hasn't said it yet, but I can't imagine how proud he is uh, of how his guys have handled the last week. He's gotta be, he's definitely gotta be. And he deserves a lot of credit for putting these pieces together. Not only pieces that fit on the core, but personalities that fit and a mindset that is really across the board the same. There's a, a willingness to win, a willingness to sacrifice, a, an, an older veteran approach uh, with these guys. And you know, all of that is things that they evaluated and coveted going into the portal and, and constructing this thing uh, as they put this, this team together. So uh, he deserves to be committed for that. Uh, but obviously the players are the ones that got to, got to handle it. They got to handle their business, go out and play the games. And yeah, I mean, this is, Something that they, you could have never imagined they would have would have had to go through, and a lot of these guys are tight with Terrence and everything. So, um, it, and I'm sure it's it's weighing on their mind, but it's not showing in their play. And and if anything, maybe they're using it as a, a motivating factor to to play even harder and and come even closer together. But uh, I think a guy like Quincy Garrier, who has been very willing to accept a, a leadership role, a vocal role, follow my lead. I'm the old guy around here, as he kind of laughs about it, uh, and you know. 
uh, it just feels like everybody is truly bought in. I mean, look at Justin Harmon. Uh, it would a guy that put up 21 points a game in the NIT last year, and there have been zero indications of him being unhappy prior to Terrence going out. Like he didn't have a consistent offensive role on a night-to-night basis. He's not getting an X amount of shots every night, but he wants to win. He wants to play defense. He wants to make ever plays. Now that Terrence is out of the fold, they need more from him offensively. And here he is. He looks like a guy that's capable of scoring. So uh, we'll have to. It's going to have to continue out for a bigger sample size. But I just think that shows the yeah. mentality of the team that there was like, oh, doesn't Justin look unhappy? Oh, you better get him shots, or he's going to be a problem in the locker room. There, there's been none of that. I think it, you can say that a lot about a lot of people within this team this year. Alani Hansberry is, is yeah. one of the loudest cheerleaders on that bench, even though he could play for a bunch of other Big Ten teams right now. Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, I, I, you know, he's been on social media saying, no place I'd rather be. So uh, all that's got to play out, but it's like, yeah, I, you can believe it. Like Brad Underwood has talked about how connected this team is. How could you not believe it, um, especially after this last week? I mean, they've been playing good ball for a month now, but uh, you got to believe it after the last week. Booty ball is working. Uh, Micah Shrewsbury, Jalen Pickett, you inspired. You were the muse for Brad Underwood. And Marcus Domask, 32 points, 11 of 15 from the field. Just, as I said before, it just looks like DeMar DeRozan in, in that post-up. Yes, he can score 30 points again uh, in a game this season. Uh, but then Ty Rogers really got this game going, Derek, with some of that. And we're seeing stuff uh, out of Ty Rogers. But, you know, talking to Chris Collins, and we talked about Brad Underwood about this all year, and especially the last month that they've gone really to this matchup offense. I don't think Illinois fans should overlook how important Coleman Hawkins and Quincy Garrier are to what they're doing offensively. Get a lot of questions after every game. Why didn't Dane play? Why didn't Dane play? Well, it's partly because Domas can't and Rogers cannot do what they do if you have a six foot nine big burly post sitting there, and Northwestern's big guys who are traditional big guys. Uh, Matthew Nicholson's phenomenal defender. He was awful tonight. Coleman Hawkins took him out of the game because of how he stretched stretched him. Uh, Quincy Garrier does that in matchups. So I find Purdue very fascinating, Derek. But boy, this personnel with this offense and style of offense, what a match. Brad Underwood is getting the most out of his team. Tyler Underwood has a big handprint uh, on this offense as well. This staff picked an offense that really works for this team, even if it's really, really simple. It's exactly what they want, and I'm glad you mentioned simple too because there was a point in November where we're asking, does there need to be more set plays? Does there need to – in terms of changing their scheme up where, you know, obviously Terrence Shannon getting downhill was working, but beyond that, you had some stagnation and just had a, a team that was still trying to figure it out. Now you you are clearly hunting those matchups. It's it's very – you know, it, Penn State is a good comp last year, but also it's, it's very NBA-like in mm-hmm. that you're – you're trying to almost screen guys into switches that, okay, here's a small on me, and now let's space it out. Let's make them decide. Are they going to come over and send help? If you do, they, you have to kick out. If they don't, you've got a mouse in the house type of situation. you got Bowie Garden, Marcus Damask, and uh, Damask was outstanding today. I mean, the fact that Same. not only getting to the rim, but also like those mid-range pull-ups you know, pull ups and, and just was playing with a, an enormous amount of confidence. And with the way that Coleman's shooting it, Coleman – also, I give him credit. Like, there are a lot less here recently, those like dicey, ooh, that doesn't look like a good, good. I mean, he took one long three tonight, but for the most part, like, every, it looks a lot more in rhythm, a lot more like he's, he's found his groove. Uh, Gary A is, is playing really, really well. Another double double for him tonight. I mean, he's about to just blow past. He's already passed his double double total that he had in two years at Oregon, but just adds another one, uh, onto that list, too. So, uh, yeah, and, and you look at it. I, I was doing the analytics. I'm going to write about it. Uh, Bart Torvik, you can get the sample size. You look at November for Illinois offensive efficiency in the 200s. It was not good. You had Shannon doing his thing, but for the most part, it was an offense that was not productive and not, not productive enough. December 1st and on, Illinois is number one in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency. They were fourth going into tonight. They're now the number one offense in college basketball since December 1st. And obviously two and games think of, of that. the teams they played. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, like they, they haven't played a bunch of Patsies. I mean, 
Ferry Dickinson was, but like the rest of that, I mean, Colgate's an NCAA tournament team last year. You played Tennessee, you played Ford Atlantic, you've played uh, Rutgers, right? You've played Northwestern. Um, these are teams, Northwestern was one of the best defensive teams in the country last year. Rutgers, you always know Pykel is going to play defense. Ford Atlantic's pretty good defensively. Tennessee's great defensively. Um, that That's legit. That's legit. No, it's yeah, it's big time. And we'll see. I mean, it's got to – it's got to continue against Purdue, and I think the matchups there are going to be fascinating the way that Purdue tries to guard you. But it shows, number one, they're uh, a lot better shooting team here over the last recent stretch. You're, you're getting, the number one, the right guys also are taking the shots as far as the outside. But, you know, Coleman for being able to step up and, and make him at a higher efficiency for Justin Harmon all of a sudden to be a knockdown shooter, um, you know, in the corners especially, uh, that, that's been a great revelation and when you have the three-point shooting, you got the booty ball, you got an unselfish team, you got one that is making extra passes that just has a really good flow about them. Uh, you're, you're getting a lot of a beautiful basketball. So uh, also three straight games at 90 plus. I, I wouldn't have thought it would have been this long ago, but I go back to 93-94 last time Illinois has done that. Kiwan Garris, Deion Thomas, uh, to name a few on that team. If you want to include a stretch that had a high major opponent in it, the final line I 88, 89, did it five straight games, uh, two of the high majors in there, Ole Miss and, and Florida. So uh, that's pretty good company, I would say, uh, especially when you don't have Terrence Shannon. Uh, and also, oh, by the way, we can we mentioned it when things weren't going well. We can mention it when things are. You don't really have a point guard, but, boy, this this offense looks good, and you're, you're making it making it work pretty, pretty darn well without one. Yeah, Brad, I know we can drop the mic if this continues uh, in the Big Ten play. And I, I want to talk about that, Derek. We'll get to the matchup against number one Purdue here in a little bit. I want to get to should we raise expectations uh, about this team without Terrence Shannon. But I also want to shout out the defense because Northwestern got hot late. They started this game 15 for 47. That's about 32% uh, from the field. And this defense does not make it easy to get to the rim. Uh, and they run you off the three-point line. Tonight, Northwestern was five for 27 uh, on mid-range jumpers. So two pointers out, not at the rim. Um, that's insane. Like that, that is exactly everything they want to do. You tweeted it partway through the game. Limit three-pointers and shots at the rim and make them take long twos. Uh, Northwestern had to settle for those the entire game. Like I don't want to overlook what the defense did tonight because they just ran away from this game in part because their offense was clicking, but also – their defense was locking this thing down. Bowie scored 20 points, but everyone else was pretty awful uh, for the rest of this game. Yeah, it was a really outstanding effort. It had a lot of intensity, the ability to cut off driving lanes, make things contested. The fact that you're not allowing them to blow by to the rim uh, and that they really had a hard time. I thought that Northwestern potentially with Bowie and Barry off the dribble would either be able to get the shots they wanted or if you cause the defense to collapse you're kicking out to uh langborg who had been shooting the three really well the transfer from princeton uh, obviously whatever one of the two that isn't uh, a barry and Bowie is, is a very good three-point shooter as well if they're not on the on the ball they can kick that out um i, I was impressed and surprised at how well marcus damas did guarding Bowie. i would have thought that's a t pretty bad matchup uh given the the quickness that Bowie has i thought that barry uh, against a guy maybe like a, a luke goody would have been worse off for, for Illinois credit to those guys for really sitting down in garden, moving their feet, cutting off the lane. And then I, and Coleman on the back end, which cool. it, it helps that Northwestern does not have an offensively capable center uh, in their arsenal. Uh, but it's not going to take away from the fact that Coleman's activity, the way that he's get, able to get deflections, the positioning, the anticipation is all just high level stuff. So, uh, I thought just all and then around. You got, then you got then you got Gary A able to crash the glass. Yeah, so Hawkins doesn't Todd have to do Rogers everything, right? Crash the yeah. glass and Luke Goody diving on the floor and like it just it was fantastic. And yeah. um, you're going to face obviously a lot better offensive team in Purdue. Northwestern better defensively than they are offensively, but I I, I worried about the guards and I thought about even you know if if Bowie and Barry do it to you tonight, what happens when Tyson Walker and AJ Hogard come to town next week? Uh, I know it doesn't guarantee anything as, as we push forward, but I thought I was pretty encouraged by uh, just yeah. Illinois' bigger size, being able to make sure that those quicker guards couldn't kill you. Yeah. All right, I want to get to this Purdue matchup. I want to get to what our expectations should be for this team after what we've seen the last two games without Shannon. But first, let's hear from one of our great sponsors. 
started on your resolutions with Factor, so you're ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, my favorite protein plus, and more. Plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. So forget the frenetic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factor's two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals, all delivered straight to your door. So stress less over mealtimes in the new year. Factor's no prep, no mess meals, free up time, otherwise spend shopping, cooking, and cleaning up. No more wasted time in the kitchen. Head to Factor meals.com slash Illini 50 and use code Illini 50 to get 50% off. That's code Illini 50 at factormeals.com slash Illini 50 to get 50% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, Derek, uh, Justin Harmon quickly, 20 points. Uh, He's got 38 points over the last two games. Probably was close to 40 over his first 11. Uh, He was averaging 4.1. So, yes, around that over his first 11. First 11 games, 5 for 16 from three. Last two games, seven for 11 from three. We're starting to see why he was Utah Valley's leading scorer. Plus, obviously, the opportunity has has gone up with Terrence Shannon out. Uh, But obviously, a a huge thing because everyone had to elevate their game. But Justin Harmon and Ty Rogers, in my opinion, are the two guys we've seen that they've accepted this role and they've looked confident uh, in their roles on top of Domas, Garrier, and, and Hawkins doing what they're doing. Right. It could be, it can't be easy. The fact that you don't get a lot of game shots consistently and all of a sudden now you're like, okay, we need you to step up and be great if you give us double figures off the bench most nights. And uh, to Justin's credit, it helps that he's been around the block a handful of times. It helps that he's done it. You know, had a, a lot of possessions of usage on the ball last year. And I think he showed tonight on some of those drives, it's not just the spot of shooting, it's the ability to, to get in the lane. I think that's really important without Shannon. I taught, I wrote about that. Um, I think it was yep. uh, earlier this week or over the weekend. Uh, it's important to get that pressure on the rim, the, the penetration from the perimeter. Ty obviously can do it. Uh, Damascus on back downs. But uh, Justin Harmon has that ability as well, in addition to just the way he's he's shooting it right now, which I don't know how how it's going to continue, uh, at, You know, not at this clip uh, for the rest of the season, but if he's going to be a mid to high 30s uh, three-point yep. shooter from here on out, I mean, the stroke looks good coming off the hand, and he's shooting it. Uh, really confidently, and it helps when you got guys like Damask and a size advantage that maybe Ty creates. Uh, that all, the defense scrambles, and you get those those corner three looks. So uh, he's been huge, and a guy that just is very unassuming. Doesn't seem like he's a he's not a high maintenance guy. He's just going to show up and, and do what it takes to win. And obviously, what it takes to win now means him scoring more, and, and he's capable of it for sure. Have we seen a mid range game like this from an Illini? It's Malcolm Hill, the last one. Iowa was pretty good in the mid-range, but it was a little bit different yeah. to get there. It was it an was, elevate. Yeah, it was, it was a different like, look. You're, yeah. yeah, you're right. No, it's, he's, he's sick. <laughs> he's, he's sick. <laughs> I mean, like it wasn't like a DeRozan, you know, like a back-to-the-basket turnaround type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Iowa getting to that that elbow was – That elbow. The yeah, lead. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty fun Mike to Davis had the baseline jumper. I remember yes. that one. It was a, uh, it was key in his arsenal. Uh, just what, what Domas just did tonight is, was, was insane, but all right, Derek, um, given this, it's two game sample size, one against Fairleigh Dickinson, but 
104 points, 96 points against Northwestern. Should we raise expectations? Like we, we set the over under nine and a half and we both took the over. If I told you 11 and a half big 10 wins right now, are you taking the over? Yeah, I, think I, I, am. I am too. I no, I, this team looks legit. Like they're going to lose some games. They won't shoot this well, but the big Ten's not great. I think that's part of it, but this team's skilled. They're connected. They're playing hard. Derek, you asked about diving on the floor and winning 50, 50 balls. Luke Goody, shout out to him. Not, not shooting the ball great the last two or three games, but boy, he just gives them that energy. Ty Rogers, Quincy Garrier, the way they get up and go get those rebounds. Coleman's been all over the place. Like, how can you not buy into them right now? I, I don't know if I, I'm going to buy them to beat Purdue at Mackey right now, as right. Illinois has never beaten a number one team on the road before, but I can see them giving them a game. Like, that's I, – I think this team looks like it's going to be a good team, even without an All-American guard. That That's pretty phenomenal. For sure, yeah. You, you have a guy like Coleman. You have a guy like Damask and Garrier, guys that – Again, it, it sounds like a broken record, but veterans that won't, you know, now that they're putting, uh, it is a little bit more of a limelight. And, and look, when there's close games, I still wonder about this team and crunch mm-hmm. time and, and who can step up and be the alpha and, and those type of, uh, of moments, which yet to be determined. But uh, these are players that I do trust uh, their ability to kind of get rally the troops to, st- to step up and, and make plays. And, uh, there's just a good chemistry about this group. I think there's a good buy-in collectively and the, the roles are established pretty well. I feel like, I feel like yeah. uh, as guys are being asked to do more, but it just feels like, you know what you're going to get out of a handful of different guys, whether it's Goody with this three point shooting and his effort or Harmon with the, the fact he's going to come in and, and scrap for loose balls, but also look to score now a little bit more. Uh, it, it's, there's a lot of good vibes for this team, even without Terrence. Now I, they're, you know, you, you know, know what it, you know what it feels like. It feels like a Wisconsin team. Yeah, yeah. It it feels like it's like you said trust. They're trust skilled, old, yeah, long can stretch you out, yeah. uh, and they run they run good stuff. Like yeah. that, like it, it feels like just a typical Bo Ryan or even Greg Gard kind of Wisconsin team, where it's like yeah, yeah. that that seems that seems gonna get twelve wins, no doubt. Yeah, and I like that comp because even the Bo Ryan teams would post their guards. Like yeah. Northwest or Wisconsin has been a team that will post you from, from all five positions at, at times. So there it's not maybe the, the spacing booty ball, but it, it's got some of that yeah. dynamic to it. But uh, the, the sum is, is bigger than the, the individual parts maybe. Uh, and again, it, it looks like right now, as it stands right now, and there are bigger tests, they're a well-coached group, a group that really is, is connected and, and bought in and, the way they're shooting it, it, it takes away some of the the concerns that we had offensively. Now they're gonna have to continue that, but uh, I, and I also like the fact that Maryland looks dead. Like Maryland was a team on paper that should be yes. top half of the Big Ten, if not in that that group right behind Purdue. And you can go around. Michigan State has has obviously found life, but Iowa is really down. Michigan is down. Answering, you know, as you go down the list of the Big Ten, the depth just isn't there. So I think that that obviously helps. And we were talking about an over under how Illinois should fare. Um, yeah, I, I think that plays into it as well. All right, Illadel forever. I will shout you out. Uh, he said there's Wisconsin teams that have sneakily won big titles that haven't been as good as the Shannon Lissa Illini roster. So I, I didn't see that one before. I swear, uh, Illadel uh, forever. But yeah, that's uh, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, like all right, let's dive into it, Derek. Number one, Purdue. On the road, I mean, I was really looking for this matchup two weeks ago because I, I thought this would be a top 10 matchup, and I felt like this could be Illinois. If they were able to sneak a road win at Purdue, that'd be huge in this Big Ten race. Still obviously could be. Um, but I just find this matchup fascinating because these two teams couldn't be any more different. Chris Collins even mentioned that uh, tonight. You have a Purdue team with one of the best ever traditional centers in college mm. basketball history you have smaller but really good guards you have really good offense obviously but Illinois has a interesting kind of contrast because their big men can stretch out Edie Hawkins can stretch out Edie even if he can't beat him obviously Edie's got a huge advantage on his side but Illinois can create a matchup issue that way and then Domask 
Rodgers are so much bigger than, than Purdue's guards and, and Braden Smith and Fletcher Warrior. Um, that's an interesting matchup. So uh, obviously you got to hit shots, Derek, if you're going to win at Mackey, which is one of the toughest places in the country to, to win against a great team in Purdue that isn't flawless because of the Northwestern loss. But, boy, they've beaten so many great teams this year. I'm just fascinated to see how the basketball matchup plays out because the contrast of styles is just so fascinating. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think that if Coleman is knocking down threes, that is really the key that that unlocks so many things for obviously Illinois offensively. And, and it can really – is he going to match what Edie's going to get at the other end? I'm not saying that necessarily, but if Edie can't camp out around the paint and – they're playing, you know, Marcus Damask. If he's getting matchups against a smaller Braden Smith, or uh, you know, got Ty against, you know, in a, a more athletic, stronger matchup against a, Fle- uh, a Fletcher Lawyer, then I think that those are situations where Illinois is where their comfort zone is. It's they're playing their playing their matchups. They have size advantages, and will Purdue come and help? If they do, then you got those other guys uh, to kick it out to. So. As long as Gary A and Hawkins are still hitting three at a at a pretty good clip, then Illinois can hang with anybody. Like they, they can offensively hang with anybody. Uh, it does make me think back to you think about not to wear out the Penn State reference, but you did have Purdue Penn State in the Big Ten tournament title game last year. And I'd say one thing that's different from Illinois standpoint, obviously Illinois doesn't have Pickett and that Rogers is not tight. Ty Rogers is not Jalen Pickett because he doesn't shoot it like that, but maybe Marcus is a little bit more uh, in line. Mm-hmm. But uh, those Penn State teams, especially last year, uh, didn't rebound it that well. So that was one area where they could crush, they could get crushed by like a Purdue where this team won't. But um, Edie prov- presents a lot of challenges. Is Illinois going to double the post? If you do, this is one of the top three point shooting teams in the country. They're super high up the offensive efficiency rankings because of what they can do, throwing it into the block, passing it out to shooters, playing in the pick and roll. Braden Smith's been fantastic at a pull-up mid-range jumper. If you go under his screens and try to, you know, tag on Edie and follow him to the paint. So I think Illinois is going to have to be a, have a really productive offensive game again. If they're as hot as they were tonight and have been in the last two weeks, I think they can hang. If, if they're not, then – uh, they'll they'll have a, a big task on their hands in the toughest building in the Big Ten. But uh, yeah. I think it's 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 one that, you know, as soon as Terrence goes out, oh, boy, you're probably going to go there and get smashed. Now it's one where it's like, all right, like if Illinois keeps nothing to this lose. momentum rolling, yeah, nothing to lose. And really it's – I said it to you and Joey before we hopped on, like it's probably more of a toss-up than you would have thought. I'm not calling it a, a clean toss-up, but Illinois playing like this could make it one. Yeah. Uh, Brock asked a good question. What's the narrative around this team going forward if Illinois upsets Purdue on Friday? Um, I would say give Brad Underwood coach of the year right there in the Big Ten. Good after to go. But, like, I mean, you think about this. Like, if, if this team does, you know, finish top four in the Big Ten, uh, and if Terrence Shannon doesn't return, that would be Big Ten coach of the year stuff uh, for Brad Underwood, who hasn't gotten it yet, despite all the wins over the last four seasons in the Big Ten. But I think you'd be starting to get that nationally about what this team is doing right now, if they could be a top 15, top 20 team uh, in the country. But yeah, if they beat Purdue, Derek, like they become one of the national stories because of what has happened, how they're playing, despite all of it. Um, I think you'd have to take this team legitimate as a Big Ten title contender if they beat Purdue on the road and take a two-game lead over them. Like, yeah, that, that's what we're talking about if they're able to do that. That's why it's it's a lot of fun. Illinois has nothing to lose going on the road at a number one team in the country and the toughest place to play in the Big Ten. But I kind of I think this team, the way it's constructed, the way we can – they're veterans, Derek. They've been there. They've done this. It's a tough task on the basketball court, but – I think they're going to embrace this, uh, which makes them dangerous. And that unreal to think about. They they would have a two game lead on Purdue with a chance then again later in the season to play them on their home court. Um, yeah, they, they would be a legit Big Ten title contender. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, there might not be a favorite anymore if you win that game. Then it's pretty much, you know, can Purdue catch Illinois and, and how this thing goes? Uh, really, really putting yourself in an amazing position resume wise because you don't have a bad loss 
and you've beaten a, a good FAU team. You wish they wouldn't have fallen over the weekend to uh, Florida Gulf Coast following their win against uh, Arizona, but still a, a pretty nice win. Uh, and then obviously a, a win at Mackey is, is as good as it gets uh, in terms of a, a win on your resume, beating the number one team in the country on, on their home floor. So uh, you, you, you look at the fact of, and I think to this point, you know, kind of answer some of the, I know this is a little bit of a pivot, but some of like the, the Dane questions or why are you not you know, playing some of the freshmen late in games? Like the, the metrics matter so much. So like beating Northwestern by 30 carries a lot of weight in net and Ken Palm and all the things that will matter when selection Sunday gets there. So uh, kind of on that similar vein, obviously beating Purdue would put Illinois in a position where they're a legit top 10 team they can be forecasted really as a, as a top three seed at that moment and would have a backing to uh, to get in a position to, to be in that realm. And it, I'm not saying it, it's only about the tournament, but a big part of having this team go where you want them to go is having the pass set up, having the pass set up to have a really, mm-hmm. really good seed and a win like the one at Purdue, um, along with, you know, if you win the Big Ten and, and everything, you could be a two seed, whatever it might be. But uh, – Two or three is almost is so much better than a four or five. Like, and I guess we can start talking about like, listen, this team's got a long way to go to get there without one of the best players in the country. But like, if if you win a game like this, all of a sudden you can start talking like that. Like, can you get on the two or three seed and get on the bottom of a bracket rather than a four or five or eight nine or whatever? Like, those are tough. Those are really tough uh, to get out of. So, yeah. Like we, we got to start talking about that NCAA tournament resume. This is an NCAA tournament team. Like I, oh, yeah. I, have, I have trust in this group that they're going to do that, which, you know, after Shannon's arrest, you, are you thinking that's given? Um, I thought they would have enough given the resume they've gotten so far. But, yeah, I think we can be confident. This is a huge test of that. And, um, you know, at home, they showed it well. They got to go on the road. They got much more tests ahead. And we'll see how good Northwestern is again. But, yeah, like a, stacking that resume, that this is one of the best opportunities they have left. There's not a ton of quad one opportunities on the Big Ten schedule, and this is the biggest one. If you get this one, you can start talking lofty like that. Mm, yeah, no doubt. And then you go come right back home. Uh, Michigan State will be a tough game, but uh, you know it is in your home building, and then Maryland. So uh, a really good chance to come off. You know, going back into Big Ten play. When you think, I, I was wondering and worrying, you know, what happens if. Maybe Boo Booey goes off. You drop this game, then you lose at Purdue. You lose maybe one of the two at, to Michigan State or Maryland. You could be in a really, really tough spot. Uh, obviously, the front end of that has been taken care of. Uh, I, I don't want to go crazy off of one game, uh, really, too, without Terrence and, and say, you know, uh, well, I think this could be a Final Four team even if Terrence never comes back. But uh, let's be honest, that in, in a lot of people's heads, and even admittedly my own, the idea of if Terrence is done in Illinois, which I know still has to play out, and we don't know that uh, one way or the other, like this was a this is a good team, but probably a ceiling cap team that more than likely won't get out of the first weekend. How they played so far, and and the sample size we've seen, looks like a team that could make it to a, a second weekend, yeah. depending on the landing spot. And obviously, if Terrence comes back, you know, maybe what if this is a and we we were talking about this with Joey. What if this is a silver lining opportunity where if Terrence is coming back and obviously would need um, the legal resolution to, to get there, uh, Ty Rogers being forced into a more aggressive role and just kind of a growth spot for him, Justin Harmon coming off the bench and uh, you know having his aggression upped and, and whatnot, Coleman getting in the, the mode that he's in. There's a there's a chance and what look we don't know what's going to happen, but if that all molded together, this team could be really really dangerous yeah all right let's get some questions before we get out of here glenn asks why is dane not getting any playing time even during a blowout derek answered that a little bit with the uh, the metrics like right on root admit it like he keeps still masking he kept shannon in in some of these these blowout wins because um the metrics matter like the more you blow somebody out the higher your net ranking like we've seen teams blow out a bad team like a 300 net team by 40 points and it ups their their net ranking like that stuff matters when it comes to seeding their part is like i get it dane danger can score like and, and he's on the block he really helped against fairly dickinson i think there's moments you're going to need dane i compare it to georgie his junior year his final year at illinois there are games you're going to need dane to provide that offensive push 
Because as you said, Derek, there's still going to be times. Can they do this? Can they continue to do this? Uh, do, do they need a bucket at some point? Um, danger can be that. But part of why this team is so great, a big reason this team is so great is Coleman Hawkins at the five and Quincy Garrier at the four. I don't want to take those guys off the court when I don't have to. Like those guys are so good at what they do. Danger's a spot minute player. Maybe there's some games where it's 12 to 15, but Coleman Hawkins is going to get 30 to 35 minutes in a, every game because he's, he's that important. He's that impactful on winning. If you would have played Dane Danger big minutes, you would have had Mac, Matthew Nicholson right in his, in his comfort zone going block to block and playing against a big guy. That's nothing against Dane. That's just the style that he plays is he is a, and, st- and standing in the way of Marcus Domask and yes. yes, exactly. You, you can't you, you can't really post with Dane sitting on the other block. I, I mean, it, it it creates so much uh, a clogged lane and just too clunky around the basket that it it would leave a seven footer who came in top twenty in the country in block rate uh, right at the basket against your your back down action, which is at its best when it's spaced around four guys on the perimeter. So uh, I get it as far as, you know, Dane had a nice pass and transition. He, he's done some mm-hmm. good things here of late. It's just that the spacing on offense is so key for them to play the way they want to play. And I even, you know, the fact that Coleman tonight, we haven't really seen him, you know, Brad has mentioned in recent weeks where it's mostly pick and pop stuff with Coleman and he's either going to take the shot or he's not. Like the fact that he like rip drive one and, and took one off the dribble on, on Matthew Nicholson, something that he can definitely do if Edie gets a little too far extended. Oh, yeah. That's something that is there when Coleman's playing the five and exclusively exclusively when Coleman's playing the five. Otherwise, that center is waiting for you at the rim. Dane Danger is a good Big Ten basketball player. Like he he's proven he can be a very good Big Ten basketball player. But for this team right now, it just doesn't fit what they're doing. Like he, he just doesn't fit their preferred style and best style of playing that makes them so effective. So um, listen, I, I think you can make an impact, but it's just not going to be as big of an impact as it was last year, uh, right. potentially, or what we kind of expected just because this style of play is working and, so well. And there might be a night where the threes aren't going and the, yeah. the spacing isn't leading to productive offense. And they might say, all right, what are we going to do? Well, we can throw it to Dan on the block and see, if especially in a given matchup, if they don't, guard, if a team doesn't guard the five that well on the block, then uh, that's a way they can go. It's about having different answers, different buttons you could push. When you have the number one offense from December first and on, I wouldn't push a different button. I wouldn't say, you know what, let's let's try to play Dane more when whatever they're doing right now is literally the best in the country on offense. Yeah, and Dre gives all her struggle tonight. Uh, was attacked defensively, had a turnover as well. Like these guys are, you know, Dane's in the rotation. Dre's on the fringe of the rotation, came in when Ty Rogers was uh, – so I get people want to see a little bit more of these guys, but, man, what you're doing is working. Like, what the rotations you have and the style of play you have is working. Dan asks, can we please get Domas to give Goody some lessons on getting off mid-range jumpers in traffic? Who could use some more versatility to his offensive game? Luke is what he is, and he's usually pretty good at it. He's not shooting the ball well the last three or four games, I think, Derek, but – he shoots threes and he plays his butt off. Uh, he plays team style basketball, both offensively and defensively. Uh, somebody said in the chat, leads the team in floor burns. Like Marcus Damas is a better athlete. Marcus Damas is a is a quicker, better ball handler. Like Luke doesn't really have that in his game, but I don't have any concerns about Luke Goody. Like he's going to bring it every game. Some nights he's going to shoot better than others, but. Uh, he's one of the most reliable guys. Like this has been the team of reliable guys here recently, but you just know what you're getting out of him every night. And I know it's not next level, all big 10 caliber player, but he's a winning player. He is a winning player. And I think one thing I like about this team right now is you don't have guys who are trying to be something they're not. Yep. And like as Coleman's cut down on some of his stuff and, uh, it's a good example of like, yeah, Luke Goody's is trying to emulate something that the mask can do. He's, Damascus is more skilled with the ball, like you said. Uh, the back down stuff is something that Damascus has been doing. He's doing it at SIU because he's playing essentially a small ball four or small ball five and, and posting uh, in the Valley. But uh, Luke with the threes, I mean, if you look on paper and you said two months in the season, Luke Goody's going to shoot 40% from three. He's going to play with exceptional effort. He's going to defend maybe even a little bit better than you would have expected or given credit for. 
you'd be super happy with that. And he's going to, mm-hmm. I have no doubt that he'll get back to knocking down threes. Like uh, he's very capable of doing. Um, is there a situation where he can, you know, pump fake and step in? He, he's shown some of that already, but I don't think the back down stuff is, is really something that he's needs to, to worry about right now. He's, he's the perfect complement to that back down action is that the spot, the spot up shooter who, if you, if you cheat off of, he's the one that's going to catch it and, Make you pay more often than not. Uh, which Indiana native has a better game, Goody or DGL? DGL probably wants this one. I just don't know how much playing oh, time man. he's going to get. Former Purdue commit, Dre Gibbs Wellhorn, by the way. Well, if you just unleashed him in the first five minutes, <laughs> like just said, uh, you know what? We're just going to live with what he goes out and does. But uh, I would definitely say Luke. Uh, I, I would, I'm going to be very interested to see because this is one that Dre's had circled for a while. But then again, like, I, not to say it's, it's not a perfect comp and no one's going to need Dre, at least for some minutes more than they, they needed this guy, but like pods going back to Wisconsin to play Marquette. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if he played in that game. I, I talked to his dad. Going back to that, I was at that game. I talked to his dad before the game. It was going to be a good, nice story, right? Human interest story. I think pods played like one or two minutes. If that, like, I don't even know if he played. And in Illinois, I lost that, so I just kind of scrapped that story. Like I was just like, this isn't uh, what I hoped it was going to be. Um, but, yeah, he, he didn't play in that one out there. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't – as much as the narrative would be great, um, and who knows? Who knows? I still think – and I'll say it, and maybe it won't happen, but I still think in a meaningful game, Dre will spark you in a way that's going to be important at some point this season. And he mm-hmm. hasn't gotten a lot of opportunity to do so. But I think that will happen. It's just right now you don't need to to force him in there when you're getting really good minutes out of your your top group. And uh, I do think it's you know he made a three tonight. He, he scored some obviously against FDU. So and the fact that he the vibes around him aren't aren't of the contrary. You're not hearing the chirping of he's unhappy. He's got a foot out the door. That kind of stuff is is a good yeah. thing. So uh, Biden his time. And it's worse if you're a losing team and you're your freshmen aren't playing if you're winning and they, they're not playing it's, it's kind of like that's what happens when you're in, in a yeah. position to be a big time team or a big time program yeah like we, we've talked about this before listen like you can go play for bad teams and, and get a lot of points and a lot of shots and all those things but when you come to illinois now under brad underwood you're gonna be part of a big Ten contender and you got to realize, like, there's going to be a bunch of veterans. Brad Arnold is going to go to the transfer portal, get more veterans after this year because they're going to need some. Um, you have to up your game. You have to develop. Like, most of these teams that are top 10, top 15 in the country, as we've said before, do not play a ton of freshmen. Like, there are some special ones that do, but a lot of these teams do not do it. All right. Uh, any final thoughts, Derek, before we get out of here? It's a fun night of basketball. It was uh, – and the, the crowd was – Crowd was amped. I I fully agree with you. Like I think, I do think this this fan base is is bought in and back these guys, which is which is great. Yeah. Um, and I'm just I'm looking forward to the the home games that are to come. There's been a couple of sellouts. Obviously, was this was tonight one? I don't know if it was. I don't think I, so. With the students on on break, but yeah, like I think there's two more break games with Maryland and Michigan State next week. But students might be back for for Sunday against Maryland potentially. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see, like, where Illinois is at four games from now, but Rutgers comes to town. And say if Illinois wins three of the next four games, which you got at Purdue, home against Michigan State, home against Maryland, at Michigan, if they win three of the next four, like, I think that this fan base is going to be going nuts for, for this team, given what's happening. If they happened. beat Purdue, they'll probably sell out the rest of the home games. Maybe that's too much, but you never know. Like, why not? Why not? Why not, Derek? Uh, we will be at, we will be at Mackey Arena, which boy, like, I mean, I've been to Mackey when Hummel and Juwan Johnson, Etwan Moore were there. That place has just gone up a notch. Like, it feels like they squeeze eight thousand students, the students, in, into that building. Like, I think it's like four or five, but the students are so insane, and obviously they've been so good the last few years under Matt Painter during Big Ten play. Um, but like, they they just I never thought anyone would pass up Indiana's assembly hall for best atmosphere in the big 10. Mackey is just taking the cake. Like everything they do there, whether it's the chance, the, the fans just going nuts or the sound system, like everything they do. It's if you get a chance to go to Mackey, um, I, I, I would take it because it's, it's a great atmosphere. 
It's a different animal. Uh, I think the student section, the way they're coordinated, the way they're constantly engaged is something to, to strive for if you're any other student section in the Big Ten. And yeah, it's better in his own. It's, yeah. <laughs> all of it. All of it. Um, yeah. No offense to the Orange Crush. Like that, they're just on a different level right now. They've had really good basketball to root for. Um, obviously, Illinois has two here of late, but, and then just the sheer number of students that they have. Uh, it's, it's on both ends. Like you, we sit near, you know, kind of in line with center court and it's behind mm -hmm. one basket behind the other that just goes all the way up. And it's, it's crazy. And, um, one that can be sneaky good or sneaky great is Maryland, <laughs> like depending yeah. on what year you get them. If you get yeah. them on a bad year, like this year might not be as crazy, but I, when they're, when they're going that that student section is insane too. But yeah, that's what I would like to see is like here. I just think. Oh, if you can get a whole wall of, mm. of students and then another wall of students like Purdue does, like it, it makes for an insane atmosphere. The energy, even if you have people call them the blue hair still like sitting in their seats, you just it doesn't matter because you feel those students from from both angles. Yeah, it's a it's a special building. It's going to be rocking. Uh, they'll definitely feel the fact that Illinois is coming on. I mean, they're number nine in the country. They got that next to their name, so you don't got to probably say anything more than that. But um, it's going to be first on road there. game, first road game for this team since what happened last week. Yeah, so that'd be interesting too. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, that'll do it for us. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Online Inquirer podcast, especially all of you on the YouTube channel, almost 500 people uh, watching this thing all the way until the end. We appreciate you guys. Hit the like button on the way out. Subscribe to us. Hit the notifications bell. Uh, we love doing these and interacting with you guys after these games. Uh, and uh, if you're listening to the podcast, just follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, subscribe to us. Uh, give us a five-star review, and that'd be great as well. Uh, and check out all the content coming to the Atlanta Inquirer. I have player grades, Derek writing in-depth on booty ball. Uh, Joey will have something on Justin Harmon. We'll have plenty more uh, as this week goes ahead. So everybody have and a great day. And some recruiting day. stuff, too. That's Jason right. Jackson's in the house, and I talked to Jackson Davis, star freshman guard out of Warren. There was a guy out of hey. Warren who was pretty good. Um, Brandon Paul, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, We had a 36... football visitor here today, too. Yeah. 36 points for Davis in the Proviso West Holiday Tournament title game. So dynamic scoring guard that's got some young, some promise. It's a good young group in state, so look out for that as well. I was going to say, last time they got a guard out of Warren, it worked out pretty well uh, for Illinois basketball. So check out all that at IlliniInquire.com. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquire podcast. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. <laughs> And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.